Residents, an out-of-control wild horse maniac that won't listen to anyone, has no whisperer, and is off the fucking rails. There are legal things happening, and that's going to come to fruition. Also, on the other end, I feel like... We've got uh, another three. We've got gun control issues on both ends. We've got unarmed black men being shot egregiously by the police. Uh, excessive force. We've got gun issues. We've got children shooting their parents with guns. And yet, and yet we're, we're so concerned about... I mean, what's the real issue? If this was a real president, if he was a real fucking... If he really fucking cared about the United States, he would stand up and say something about gun control right now. This is happening. Unarmed black men are being shot in their grandmother's backyard. Here's this is a fucking problem. Here's something that a lot of people aren't saying but it needs to be said. He doesn't care about this country. He, he don't give this country. He cares about his pockets, but he's so dumb that he doesn't understand that by not giving a goddamn is going to affect his pockets. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't understand the whole Republican Party. I just don't understand the fact of like your so-called trickle-down economics and your tax cuts aren't benefiting. Okay, so you're, you're getting your donors paid off. Good, great. But in the long run, it's going to hurt everybody. It's going to hurt your pockets. You want to keep your millions and billions of dollars, but you ain't going to keep anything because everything that you're doing with the economy... And by hurting the little common man and the, or excuse me, woman, yeah, uh, yeah. and the middle class is going to there affect no you. Class. You can't, you can't have, listen, if I'm a CEO of a, uh, a company and I, I manufacture products, if I'm getting my tax cut and I'm, you know, buying whatever lot or yacht or whatever thing that I want to get with my money, if I'm not helping the middle class and the poor buy my products, because I have my tax cut, how's that going to benefit me in the future? When they're here's, poor, they don't have money to buy my, here's, my shit. Here's what, this is what the Republicans... I Republican, just went on a rant. No, Sorry. it's good, it's good. This is what the Republicans would say about that. Well, you see, you see, Mitzi and I, we, when we bought our second yacht, really were job creators because we had to have, you know, a boat captain and we have to have someone pump the bilge, you know, and then the chef, the chef on board, of course. So really what we're doing is we're job creators, the people where we slip, where we slip our yacht. You don't, we put it in the slip, of course, you know, we have to pay that. So please, we are job creators, you know. Um, um, so, but this goes into what actually what's trickling down right now is racism and hate and scary stuff let me tell you tell you tell yo (laughs) about um hashtag el toro race wars uh, 2018 el toro is an amazing mexican restaurant here in the mission district 17 in valencia Every, if you've ever listened to this show for the many years, you'll have heard me talk about before. The happy hour special is phenomenal. She likes to go there. It's a dollar fifty taco, right? You can get you can get one taco for a dollar fifty, and you get free chips. And their salsa bar is great. They've got little radishes. You can like, if you only have a dollar sixty eight, you can get like a carnitas taco and they put a lot of meat on it and little beans and then this salsa bar and you can get like a jalapeno that's grilled and some things and the chips and like it is you could scrape that money from in between your couch cushions and go to el toro anyways so el toro on 17th of valencia is next door to a funeral home so in when jonathan and i get there we get in line the line's pretty long because these people have just come from a funeral and they're cute little girls they're little black girls and they're wearing these cute little pink dresses and they look so cute but i was just like i like kind of knew it was it was a friday so i knew it was sad that they were at a funeral i just assumed this i didn't say anything or anything but it was a big family that's lovely so 
big family. They're all sitting down. We're all in line. And Jonathan and I are pretty hungry. It's like 3.30. We haven't eaten yet today. But we're just like being patient. Everything's cool. And one guy kind of like cuts in with the rest of his family. And the line is out the door. And he like just kind of walks in the other door and cuts in with his family. And we're like, okay, that's cool. Whatever. But they're getting a huge order, but they're all paying separately. And the first girl is up there, part of the family, they're paying, everything's fine. But then one of them, she doesn't understand, and either does this guy the way it works, is that they make your food and then they pass it down the line. And then the order your food comes in is how you pay. But the girl is trying to pay for her food that's not there yet. So she's telling the lady and she's like, this isn't the way it usually works. And then his tacos are behind our tacos. So then he's like, next in line. He's like, those are my tacos over there. She's like, no, no, these guys are next. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh. And she's like, sir, you're cutting the line. This is what we do. And he's like, I'm not cutting the line. Am I cutting the line to us? And I was like, well, kind of, you kind of did. It's not the way it works here. Like they, the food is in line, not us. Like we're not in line. The food's in line. He wasn't getting it. He starts yelling at the Mexican. We don't even know if she's Mexican. The, the Latina lady behind the counter. He's like, that's why we're building a motherfucking wall to keep you people out. You're so stupid. He's like, you can't figure out how to get your order right. You're so oh, stupid. This is. No. He's yelling at her. He's like, I can't believe it. I'm not even going to tip you because this service is so crappy. I'm like, it's fucking El Toro. It's taco. It's taco time. Everybody oh, have a good man. time. Everybody I, have a good time. Oh, it's taco time. It's dollar fifty taco time. So he's going off in front of us. And then he starts yelling at Jonathan. He's like, you guys say I cut the line. I didn't cut the line. This, this stuff is terrible. And Jonathan's like, hey, man, you're being a racist. That is not cool. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not being a racist. Like, well, he's like, the service here is terrible. You don't know what's going on. Okay, anyways, finally, like, Jonathan speaks in Spanish to the lady. And I say, lo siento. Like, I, I love you guys. I'm sorry that happened. We didn't mean to do anything. But he was, like, calling her stupid and saying her customer service was terrible. We gave her a big tip. We gave her, like, a $20 tip or something. But because we were like, so then it's not over yet. Then we sit down. And we're trying to enjoy our tacos. And the guy, the African-American gentleman, and here's where I come in. I'm an empathy person. I'm like, he just came from a funeral. He's sad. He's taking it out on us. But as he's walking out, he looks at Jonathan and he goes, hey, man, you better thank God that that police station is right across the street. And Jonathan's like, oh, man, fuck you. I don't believe in God. But are you threatening me? Are you threatening me in El Toro? What are you saying? Are you saying that if there wasn't a police station across the street, that there something would happen here? He picked the wrong white boy that day. Pick, and I'm sitting there going, Jonathan, Jonathan. He's, he's like, not the one. So then, and then Jonathan's like, you racist fuck. And then starts speaking in Spanish really loudly. And all the people are like laughing behind the counter and stuff. Because he's like, speak, because he speaks fluent Spanish. And like, so it was El Toro race wars. Fucking... 2018 and so like I get it they came from a funeral but that, I'm not going I'll let you finish but so I have a I little empathy but the thing is like that's what's happening in our country now is that things are getting so divisive that even fun things like $1.50 tacos turn into like what like black people don't like Mexicans and you're allowed to do that and then Jonathan calls you racist and then you call us like what what's going on all right yeah please de- I, debrief me I have I have an issue when there's uh, uh P uh, you know people of color on color violence I do especially in a time like this um I don't like when coons do that shit that <laughs> that was a coon that was a coontastic coon and I, I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt because somebody, one of his family members or friends uh, were dead. I, fuck that. 
Fuck that. I, I that, that that really pisses me off. See, this is <clears throat> this is an issue I have with uh, certain. Uh, I'm gonna say African Americans because not all black people are like this. Um, not knowing that their Latino brothers and sisters could be your grandmother or your grandpa or your tia or tia or your primo. You, you know, and, and the thing is. How dare that motherfucker even mention a wall? The wall. Nigga, he trying to lynch you too, you dumb <laughs> fucking coon. That's what I That's, was like. I was like I'm like, are, are you really using Trump's greatest hits right now on a Latino? Yeah, are you serious? I know. And Nigga, get working, back to the field. <laughs> they were working so hard back there. The ladies were fucking sweating uh, it out. They were sweating. Get they were doing taco. Feet. The line is out the door. They don't see the end in sight. And they're moving these tacos. And he just caused problems and it was sad and I was I was and there were children with him and I just kept thinking I just don't want children to see this behavior and think that that's how things are and they see it and they see it and they see it and so thanks brother for keeping up that stereotype good job yeah I mean I anyways it was it was upsetting and Jonathan was like way to back me up there and I'm like I'm not gonna back you up I'm gonna be the person that's like I don't I don't I'm sorry I didn't we didn't we're sorry we're white I'm like I've got years and years of white guilt okay it's cool you can like he could have said anything he wanted to me he could have called me a white bitch he could have but don't don't mess don't mess with my Latina Ladies, my buddies, my El Toro dollar fifty taco buddies. But this is—I mean—they've been I, feeding me for ten years. I love these ladies. Just because you don't understand, um, and see, this is always such a disappointment because we already have the stereotype of that we're angry, we're violent, we we threaten people, we're threatening people, right? And I—I'm just trying to like squash that whole stereotype but here again we got a field nigga that has to act all mad niggerish and shit yeah i'll say it i don't give a fuck i can't stand look chris rock said there are black folks and then the niggas yeah and he yeah. is on the nigga spectrum and <laughs> some so of those i mean that. and the thing is it's it's, it's because i'm sorry that you didn't get any culture I'm sorry that you don't understand how certain things go and you get mad at that and you want to lash out. I'm sorry that you're a fucking walking stereotype. And I and the thing is, Pam, I, I'm sorry that you had to see that stereotype of coonery. <laughs> I was, it gets, it get, I get so angry. I get more angry at that than racist white people. Because racist white people, I'm just like, y'all just are fucking dumb. I don't get it, but whatever. But I hate as black folks, you know what it's like to be persecuted. How dare you say something like that to another person that's going through the same shit that you're yeah, going through? Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah. Ah, read it's, a fucking book. Damn. It's crazy. So here was another thing that always happens to me on the bus. But And I thought this was kind of cute. I didn't really get it. But there was a lot of space on the bus. And um, two gentlemen, rather than sit next to each other and talk, one sat here and there was a space between us. And then the other one sat here next to me. And then they had a conversation in front of me. And I was like, do we... And I was reading my book, so I didn't really care. But they were being really loud. And I was like, 
why did we why did we perch ourselves on either side of me when we could have sat next to each other in a seat did you were you worried about what were you worried about were you worried about looking gay because you were sitting together were you worried about what did you were you trying to involve me because I was just reading my book I was like I don't I'm not even I'm just I'm not even gonna look up I just don't even care but it was sort of perpetuating a stereotype of like we're loud and we don't give a fuck yes but but the thing is I mean and then and it's and it's, the thing is it's not true it's 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 always the bad oh god damn it and I don't want to have like Stereo, but I mean, but stereotypes this, exist is, for a reason. They, like, they I don't do. do yoga, but I'm a white. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are, there are tons of assumptions that one can make when you when I'm holding a baby stroller. People can make all kinds of assumptions depending on how I'm dressed. They could be like, fucking uppity, yoga pants wearing, Hayes Valley mom, too old mom, probably artificially inseminated that white bitch with all her money, and it's like. Okay, yeah. so you're assuming things about me that aren't true, but I get it, like, because that's kind of a, you know, 40-something white ladies with cute butts pushing children <laughs> in strollers. It's like, oh, your husband works, what, do you, what do you, he has a new app, he has a tech startup, and you just get to what? Hang out with your kid all day? Like... What are you gonna go? You're gonna go get a fresh, uh, a cold, a cold pressed coconut water for eight dollars. You're gonna. I'm gonna get one of those pressed juices for six dollars. Yeah. With the beets. Right. Sure. That, that shit is delicious. Oh no, they're so good, yeah. but it's so expensive. It's yeah, like, I, I mean, I need one of those uh, Vitamix juicer machines or whatever. But I'm juicing. sure, I'm sure people think that, like, as you're walking down in the mission or what have you, they're probably like thinking, you know, oh, here's Miss Gentry. Well, d- depending on how I'm, depending on how, how I'm dressed. dressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's hard to tell because all the hipsters kind of dress like me or whatever. Well, and. It, I mean, I but know. the thing is, it's, I, uh, you're right, stereotypes happen for a reason. But, I, you know, just being a, a black woman, I don't, I don't fit any of those stereotypes. I know a ton of my people that don't fit those stereotypes, but yeah. there's always got to be that fucking coon that always has <laughs> to fucking you. ruin it and be like, see, look what you did, you dumb nigga. Damn. I got to go. I guess I got to go shuffle and job a little bit and tap dance. No, I'm not. I would never do that. Actually. I can't. It's hard for me to tap dance and shuffle and jive. Um, but yeah. it's, I, hello, I, my baby. Yeah, hello, my I sometimes darling. have to feel like I have to explain when I don't, I shouldn't have to explain. Yeah. And and that's the sad thing. And I don't. I'm I'm tired of explaining myself. But and but here's it's the so thing. Exhausting. In the bigger picture, there is this trickle down of social thought. In that our president doesn't give a fuck, and he's wild. He's like he's like I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want to do, which is a very American thing. Sure. I think he taps into a lot of that stuff. But yeah. the bummer is that he is a racist misogynist and that is trickling down to the rest of our society so although I don't believe in trickle down economics I do believe in like trickle down down thought like the the thought he's putting it out there that it's okay to be racist oh yeah that's what his whole I mean that's what he ran on so that's really scary because it trickles down to us here in the streets trying not to get in fights in El Toro during like 
happy hour taco time? Is everyone just be fucking patient? Are we really, really, we're getting in a fight? We're calling people racist over about of what? Five, the five extra minutes you had to wait to eat your taco that was way too cheap? First world problem. The way, I mean, exactly. But if that's what's happening, if the feeling, if the gestalt of society is, this is my fucking war and I'm taking it. This is my taco. It's like, it's, it. It shouldn't, I mean, it. the thing is, it shouldn't be trickling down to any person of color. And that, when you hit that level, I'm like, whoa, that's pretty fucking scary. Because you're just as, you're no better than those crackers that I always talk about that are Trump-loving supporters who are fucking racist. So you you should go fly your Confederate flag with those motherfuckers. I mean, I really think that it comes down, Ugh. it comes down not to the color of one's skin, but to the amount of money in their wallet and their bank. It, it, it is and about until, classism. And until we like can say, hey, you're to the people at El Toro, you're working too. I see you working hard all the time. That is awesome. Thank you for doing work and for, but they should be valued more. I mean, I mean, I, I, it's, but I mean, there's also, it's the, it's not the color of your skin. We have to band together and say, the, the people that have their thumb on us help help I'm being oppressed like there are our oppressors and now we're giving them guns and letting us shoot us in the right. streets and that's the thing is that right now hey it's just black guys so just unarmed black guys but when it's does it false. change to just poor people it's mostly white people that kill people I mean I, who has the gun who can afford the guns I, I would think that it would we be we usually white get ours people. on the black market y'all get y'all's at gun shows. <laughs> on the black market but, um, <laughs> uh, but I will say this there is you know uh, being African American um, which is different to me than being black because again you have different types of black folks um, there our society being kidnapped and brought to a place 400 years later has taken a toll on you and we are still being oppressed so when you tell a person no when they've been hearing no for so long or being told that no they can't do that there's something that ticks in us because we've been told no the majority of our life ah. and I think that's something mm. that happens and you know I'm not even going to say African Americans I think there's something you know when you've been oppressed as a culture as a people for so long you don't want to hear no. I, I feel that don't. way about being a woman. Yeah. I feel that way when people say that there's something I can't do that I'm like, fuck you, I can't do that. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. Like when I, it I, I work to... out of spite sometimes, yeah. but and it's because when it's unnecessary too. But it's... Or when it, but it's a perceived thing. Like you're a little girl, you can't do that. Well, you're black, you can't do that. I mean, it's a very similar yeah. thing. You're not allowed here. You're not. No girls allowed. I can't go to Starbucks. <laughs> could you? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, can. Like the 30s. I, Could you imagine living in the 30s? Fuck no. I don't ever want to go I, back. No. I mean, I can't. I just, the concept that there were separate entrances for people is so horrifying and offensive. But it was the same way. It's still the same way for women. Women don't get to go in a certain part of the Listen, Islamic temple. You you know what happened in Starbucks, right? What? About, oh, you don't know. Uh, you should look it up. It's a uh, it racist Starbucks. Yep. Uh, uh, two, two brothers were just waiting at Starbucks because they're about to have a meeting because who doesn't have a goddamn meeting at Starbucks absolutely. and not buy shit. But uh, the, one of the gentlemen was uh, asked to use the bathroom and I guess, um, 
she didn't give him a key or whatever so they were waiting and the manager called the popo on the uh black gentleman um because they didn't they didn't order anything yeah exactly you're gonna you're gonna call the police because someone didn't order something and they they said and and the manager said that they were trespassing and then come to find because he has dreadlocks <laughs> Do you have the picture? Yeah, of the yeah. picture of him. <laughs> um, and come to find out, they were waiting to invest in property. One of the guys that they were talking to, some white guy. Everything was caught on tape too. This is crazy. Um, and the, our, you know, our white allies were like, you know, why are you arresting them? There were six officers there to arrest two men. They did nothing. Who were very calm, and they arrested them at Starbucks. You, you, yeah. Is this the one about reparations coffee? No, no. Oh, no, no, no. It's um. This was this was five hours ago. Viral video sees black man enter Starbucks demand free reparations coffee. Oh, that. There's a huge catch. No, that's uh, that's not it. Uh, you look up a uh, two. Two Philadelphia Star. Yeah, Philadelphia Starbucks. Or uh. Video captures second racist Starbucks incidents in Los Angeles. Oh, that's a new one. Oh my God! Another, what is going that's, on that's with Starbucks and racism? Oh, are we afraid of black people? That's it's, but yes, that's the thing. That's what's happening is that our, our government now is coming from the top, from the tippy top, is saying we went from having a black president. But it's always been there, Pam. To, it's but never, it's now it's, just, it's so it's, it's just so in your face more. It's so in your face. It's like it's like this that, is that's crazy. What's making America great again. Make America how, great again with racism. Put some seasoned salt on that. <laughs> do, 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 do. This is crazy. A new video has been released on social media showing a Starbucks manager alerting authorities to get a black man removed from a Los Angeles store. Before the video began, the man was allegedly denied the bathroom code and told that he had not yet made a purchase. Uh, okay. Oh, dang it. It's got clickbait everywhere. Um... Yeah, the, the, I read about this one this morning. This is another one that happened in L.A. But there was one that happened uh, on Thursday uh, in Philadelphia. I can't believe how many there are. This is nuts to me. So we've got two days ago in Los Angeles it happened. And then we have uh, Women's March leader suggests Jewish rights group working with Starbucks is racist against blacks 19 minutes ago. Um, Starbucks in L.A., bathroom incident... Racist customer advice, Applebee's, Starbucks, and more. <gasps> uh, wow, uh, there's so much. I voted for Trump. White man screams at black Starbucks. Oh, I, I, I that's uh, from. I remember that one. Oh, here, here's the oh Starbucks, uh, Starbucks race racial bias. So let's see. Do 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 do. Philadelphia. So let's see. To the arrest of two Starbucks. Um, do do do. Sorry. All right. Here we are. Here we are. <clears throat> the men were denied use of restroom because they didn't order food or drinks. The store manager called the police, and when they refused to leave, explaining they were waiting for a friend, as the video rolled, the friend arrived as police led the pair away in handcuffs. They were later released uh, nine hours later, by the way. <gasps> nine uh, and hours for hanging out in a Starbucks? Yeah. Uh, oh, my waiting God. Waiting for a friend. Um, yeah. They weren't charged with anything. Duh. They getting sued. Yeah. 
Starbucks on Tuesday said it will close more than 8,000 company-owned stores in the U.S. And its corporate office on May 29th to conduct an anti-discrimination training for one day. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, you can get rid of that wow. racism in one day. Uh, wow. But, yeah, so that's what happened in Philadelphia. And these guys were meeting up. They were buying property. They They're were buying. having... Yeah, these those dudes had some money, and they were coming to. That sucks. That that's one of the stereotypes that <laughs> is attributed to African American people is that they're all poor. That uh, sucks. And poor. That fucking or, sucks. Or we gotta hustle. Are we that drug fucking dealers? Sucks. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. So that fucking sucks. It, the fact that we have to rob and steal and cheat in order to get ahead, or you, you were up to no good, so you know, let's get kicked out of Starbucks. Like they didn't even listen to them saying, "Hey, no, really, we're waiting. We're having a meeting, a business meeting. We're just waiting." Yeah, and we're then, gonna wait till he arrives to to get something. There's nothing wrong with that. People do that all the fucking time. There's and even some of that. the the woman that was filming the whole incident even said, "I come there and wait for my kids, and I don't ever buy anything there all the time." Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, do you know how And then what's the what's the time? Like, if you buy a coffee and you sit and read your book for three hours or use their Wi-Fi, this are you allowed to do that? Do you have to buy, do you have to no, buy a coffee every 30 minutes? No. Do you have it, to buy a snack? No, it was the, the fact that these guys were black. It's because they were black. No, yeah. absolutely. It was just, you know. This, this, is, this is fun. From Applebee's to Starbucks, horrific stories of racist customer service. From Atlanta to Harlem, this happens all over the country. Yeah, I like to hear these. Yeah, the right to being served is something black folks have been battled over for years. From sit-ins at Woolworths to fighting against segregated areas, many white businesses needed the law to be forced to serve people of color. God, it's happened to me so many times. Uh, that's... Uh, for... Uh, what? Uh, it's happened to me here. No, and it it my, happened to me here at Fisherman's Wharf. And my buddy, my, our buddy Poji, old dumb face, has said that in Indiana, at the deli he used to work at, they had a nice African-American gentleman, and they had to put him in the back because people... When he was at the counter, the li his line, there'd be nobody in line, and the white girl who'd be on the counter next to him would have a line that was out the door. And he'd be like, I can take your order, and people wouldn't go to him. This is like in 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 Missouri now. Like, yeah. now. Well, and so they, they said, well, we have to put him in the back because people literally, I was like, he was trying to explain to me how crazy the racism out there is. And I was like... Oh. But you get it here, Pam, because I'll tell you a little quick incident that happened here. When my brother and his friends were here at Fisherman's Wharf, I was taking them around the city. They wanted to go to Fisherman's Wharf. We went to a nice restaurant. It was a bunch of old white folks up in there. Uh, and they all looked at us. It was like six of us. And they're like, oh. It, it, it's like you would hear a pin drop yeah. when we walked in. So oh we got God. a table for six. Yeah couldn't get served everyone's just looking at us and like the and the server who was he was kind of crack-ish anyway was like what can i get you guys he was just like not trying to hear it from us and we're like well we need time to figure out and he was just trying to rush us and he's like it's going to be a 45 minute wait for your food basically like trying to basically get us out wow you know and we're like oh, and i'm like sir you don't have to tell us that i work in the service industry Okay, we're just trying to figure out what we want to drink. And so we're all looking like, are we having a racist moment right are we having a And racist we're moment? just like, and I'm getting mad, but I'm starting to laugh a little bit. Oh my God. And then my brother's trying to calm me down. And I'm like, and the guy was just like, I'm like, he was just 
so rude and trying to ignore us. And, and I'm like, you know, I, I like our to, money's no good here. And yeah. it's probably way overpriced. And I not mean, that great it was, it was overpriced. He, and I'm like, I need to speak to the manager. This is ridiculous. And the yeah. way you're treating us is you're not treating any of these people like this. And the whole room like saw it. And they're like, like, these people came here to cause trouble because they're niggers. Uh, but yeah, you, but, I mean, you read their thought bubbles. Exactly. And I'm just like, you know, we're, we weren't hooping up. We're, the way I'm talking is the way I'm talking. Like, we felt very disrespectful. We didn't even put in a food order. Um, he did not come back to our table. And I let them know again that did you I leave? would Oh, yeah. I, you know, so you stayed, you were there for about a half hour and you were finally like, fuck this place. Yeah. You got it, it was, it was, it was terrible. And it was the first time my brother had came to San Francisco and he's probably oh. from Missouri. Oh. So it was, I was just like, it's like the racism <laughs> follows me. It's, it's like, it doesn't matter where you are. Um, but yeah. we end up, you know, we left him $5 just to say a fuck you. Yeah. That, you know, like Thanks you probably for the water. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you probably weren't expecting this, but I'm just going to throw that just to make you let you know that here's your fucking $5, which you probably weren't expecting zilch from us. But there you go. Have a nice fucking day. So, and then you just went to In-N-Out where it's much yeah, quicker and everybody's we went nice. elsewhere. But then we laughed about it. Yeah, and uh, it's ter- it's terrible that you experienced that. I, I'm, when my my husband and I, not the first we never, we never, I never felt it from people that we were an interracial couple. Like I never, we never went anywhere. Like that never happened to me when we were together. I don't remember any time. Nope. I was there when he got discriminated against, but I never felt a part of it. The, the police would just pull him over all the time. Oh, that's that's good enough. But because because his car squealed and it was belts, and they thought that he, they'd always be like, "Why are you squealing your tires coming out?" He's like, "I'm sorry, it's the belts. It's an old no, 280 ZX." He was a black dude. Too. He was black dude too. Uh, so. That said, we've all experienced waiting too long for food. The waiter cl- clearly doesn't like you or the assumption that you won't tip well. Mm-hmm. Therefore, dining or shopping while black can often be as bad as shopping while black. Yep. <laughs> um, here's just a few recent examples. In February of 2018, two black women at an Applebee's in Independence, Missouri, were racially it's profiled. City. They were accused by a white waitress of dining and dashing, and the cops were called. See the viral video below. What? Because of the outrage from the video, the Applebee's location shut down. See the statement from <laughs> Applebee's. <laughs> nice. We recognize the hurt and pain caused by the recent incident at an Applebee's restaurant in Independence, Missouri. We very much regret this occurred and sincerely apologize to our guests and community. After an internal investigation, in line with our values, the franchise terminated the manager, server, and another employee involved in the incident. We do not tolerate racism, bigotry, or harassment of any nature, and we have taken additional steps to close the restaurant at this time Damn. in order for the team to regroup, reflect, learn, and grow from this. We are reaching out to the guests involved to apologize directly. We know rebuilding trust with those affected by the incident will take time, and we look forward to finding resolution in the coming days. Let's Let's, let's watch. This. I'm, yeah, I'm curious now. Oh, I don't. I don't think it'll reach. Um, no. We we can uh, here. I'll I'll do I'll do this. This is we're gonna get janky right here. We're gonna get it. Get, get janky twist. with it. Oh shit.
the confrontation shared on Facebook, now seen by over 2 million people. I'm doing your no. job, but this restaurant is not doing its job. Because if she's positive that she's seen us, we haven't been there. This is my first time meeting. After an hour into their meal, Alexis Bryson and a friend say they were approached by a police officer, an Applebee's manager, and a mall security guard. That's when they were accused of dining and dashing a day before. In the video, they repeatedly deny it. We have not been here. Backlash on social media was swift, and Applebee's launched its own investigation. Days later, Applebee says the franchise terminated the manager, server, and another employee involved in the incident. Back to that video, you can hear the officer finally allow the two women to leave, but first they had to pay for that unfinished meal. What they're telling me is is that they want you to go ahead and pay your bill and leave and not come back. Okay, that's perfectly not fine. Whoa. I've been to that Applebee's. That's an independent mall. <laughs> that shit's closed down. Ah! Wow. Okay, so here's that's 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 that one. This is IHOP. On oh, March, I used to work there. You did? Yeah, ah, I don't know. Cool. So big. Oh, On March 11th in Auburn, Maine, a white teenager named Avery Gange posted on Facebook that he saw a group of black teenagers being told to prepay their meal writing we paid and sat there for a few minutes and i heard an employee tell the tables that they were going to need to pay up front and it was a new generation thing i kept thinking to myself that i have been to many restaurants with my teenage friends and have never had to pay up front i called over to the group and asked them if they were seriously being asked to pay up front and they said yes he continued so my father mother and i stood up and began to question why this was happening i myself was already quite worked up as i knew exactly why this was happening the woman who requested they pay up front came over and began to tell us how it was uh, what the management had asked her to do as they had had walkouts, etc. She then looked at my parents and I and said, it's not because of their color. <laughs> See full post below. <laughs> okay, I will say this. <laughs> as someone that worked at IHOP all four years of high school, um, we would sometimes get a bunch of teenagers from Hazelwood Central. This is high school in St. Louis. And they were fucking assholes because they would not tip. And they would come, the basketball team would come. And some of them would dine and dash. So yeah, I can understand terrible. sometimes. But don't, that's, that is, that was some racist No, it's, shit, um, yeah, def definitely. Some, but it, I just teenagers, the thing is. All teenagers have, are assholes. Yeah, I don't have to be ageist. If you're under 18. I mean, you just have to watch your table really well. The problem is yeah. if you get, but at, a, at an IHOP, it's kind of hard. I mean, but you have a lot of people there. That's the thing, though. It's an IHOP. At least there's a there's enough staff that yeah. someone's gonna notice. Someone's gonna notice you being tricky, and that is then a training issue. It's not. Yeah, it, you should never true. have to prepay at a restaurant yeah, that has just, a. That's weird. That's just so fucking obvious. Like these niggers aren't gonna pay. <laughs> The server was suspended for a week without pay after the manager confirmed she demanded a group of black teens pay up front. The location uh. temporary closed but reopened. Houston Steakhouse. In October, Love in Hip Hop Atlanta stars Deborah Atney and Mama D said their party of seven was denied a seating at Houston's. Rapper TL or TI led a protest. <laughs> Writing on Instagram, okay, so I've heard four different stories from four different sources about discrimination against us at two separate Houston Steakhouse locations in my city. T.I. boycotted the restaurant, which was effective, causing at least one Houston's in Atlanta close. See the report below of the restaurant getting caught, refusing to serve 
black customers. I heard about that one. That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. we could listen to a thing, but it's okay. Angel of Harlem. On February 10th, 2018, Tara Fitzgibbon and a group of her friends visited Angel of Harlem restaurant in Harlem. What? According, in Harlem? Yeah, right. According to the New York Daily News, they were at the bar. A manager came up behind them and demanded to know how they were planning on paying. Nigga, you in Harlem? You were here last week and ran up a tab and left, the manager said aggressively. This was Tara's first time at Angel of Harlem. She, the site continued. Fitzgibbon says the manager flipped out, snatched a menu from her hands, banged on the bar, and accused her of lying. The manager yelled that he had a video of Fitzgibbon dining and dashing at the restaurant a few days earlier, making the restaurant turn dead quiet. Tara said they were beyond embarrassed and felt dehumanized. The manager, who was described as white or Hispanic, pulled out his phone and showed Tara... Um, and her friends, a group of black women who looked nothing like them, dining and dashing. As the manager kept accusing her of lying, Fitzgibbon said to her friend, Tomorrow Young, exclaimed, What? Do all black people look alike to you? The manager subsequently yelled at Fitzgibbons and her friends to get out. They then left the restaurant and were considering legal action. However, it didn't stop there. A woman in a Yelp review claimed she also visited Angel of Harlem on February 10th and a bartender tried to overcharge her. (laughs) Allegedly, the bartender said her boyfriend had been stealing drinks from the counter and that's why they were charged more. When the customer asked why they weren't kicked out if they were stealing drinks, she claims the bartender responded with, I'm from Europe, bitch. Oh my god. In Harlem. Starbucks. Most recently, a Starbucks employee called the police because two black men were doing what scores of people do at Starbucks, using the coffee shop as a meeting place without making a purchase. The men were arrested and in jail for eight hours. There are calls to boycott Starbucks. Watch the viral video. Um... Starbucks has apologized, but the damage has clearly been done. If you are racially profiled or see someone being racially profiled, pull out your phone and document it. Every restaurant needs to be exposed if they don't want our money or support. Amen. Yep. Oh, man. I can't believe that. That's the norm. But this is what I I mean. This is what our whole show is kind of been about is what's happening right now in America. And these this this, we're at a racial crux right now. We are at like the the beginnings of a race war. When when are people going to? It's here's the thing. It's always been there. And it's 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 just at a boiling point or it's just, you know, making America great again. Um, (laughs) But I, I mean, it's 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 never went away. The only difference is now that we can film it. And we have right. proof rather than because no one believes black people. We've been trying to tell y'all. <laughs> but um, now that we have video and we've been filming things that go on with the police, right. things that are going on uh, at restaurants. Uh, the truth know. is there in the video. If you yeah. have a video, like, what are you going to doctor the video? If you're Facebook living, you're fucking Facebook living. Like, that's right. real. Can that be used as evidence? I would hope so. Well, we see it when it's used as evidence. Most police officers get off. Right. Well, and their body cams, and that's the thing with the um, shooting unarmed black men. We need all of those body cams, door cams, car cams. You need to give it to the lawyers right now to see what really happened in that situation. Because 
they're okay. It's like one of those things. Hey, you know what a stereotype is? Policemen are shady liars and they will cover for each other. Oh, I wonder how that stereotype started. That's funny, isn't it? All the cop shows, all the shows, all the movies, all the TV things we've seen about cops being buddies and covering up for their fucking buddies. Oh, uh, the girl was raped and murdered by one of our guys. I don't know. Uh, oh, you know, uh, they we shot an unarmed black man and then we drug his body into a field and said that he had a. I mean, oh my God, all those things that you just said are true. It's it's crazy. They can cover up because they're a boys' club, even if there's girls. I, you know what I've been noticing in San Francisco is a lot of black police officers, and I when I see them, my first thought is. Like, I'm thinking like, well, it's good that you're here, but you, you really want to be a part of this? Are like, you being <laughs> complicit or are you really trying to change it? Right. Yeah. Because there are, I mean, there are some incidents with uh, black officers killing black men because they also have the very, they have the slave master mentality of, oh, I see a guy, black guy, perpetrator, perpetrator. Right. You know, that that is locked into a lot of... Because we uh, do it in our media. Because when you look at... I mean, we've looked at the, the Missouri news that Poji sent me and when it's like all of the crimes and they show pictures and they're yeah. all black guys. The fear. Yeah, it's just like fear, 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 fear. Scary black guy. And, and scary Mexicans. Why are we yeah. so afraid of Mexicans? I love Mexico. What is wrong? Why can't we be buddies with Mexico? Because they're not white. But Mexico has like, they have great farming. They have great grapes. They have great, they have lots of, I don't understand why we can't like be all buddy, buddy and like super funky, happy friends together. And you know. I wish, I, I just wish everyone would like, watch a movie called Blazing Saddles and just laugh <laughs> at all the stereotypes of how stupid and ignorant human beings are. Yeah. And laugh at it and be like, see, wasn't that dumb? Yeah. What a great movie. Right. Well, I, racism is dumb. It's seriously, it's like it the, is color dumb. Of your, the color me, of your skin makes you feel better than someone else. Why inferior. And plus, who wouldn't want to be brown or black? I mean, you get to sit in the sun. Yeah. You, yeah. age, you age gracefully. Actually, no, white, actually, actually, white people are trying to get darker because of, you know, tanning. Yeah, it's and I, you can tell Trump has a bad tanny thing. Uh, here, Trump oh, bashes God. California on border mission. Brown sees a deal. I want to see what's going on here. President, uh, this is San Diego. President Donald Trump on Tuesday slammed Governor California Governor Jerry Brown's Jerry posture Brown. on sending National Guard troops to the Mexican border, even as... Brown said he was nearing agreement on joining the president's mission. The volley of words came after federal officials said Brown rejected a proposal for the California Guard's specific border duties, a characterization that state officials disputed. Looks like Jerry Brown in California... Oh, I have to do his voice. Looks like Jerry Brown and California are not looking for safety and security along their very porous border. Trump said in an early morning tweet, he cannot come to terms for the National Guard to patrol and protect the border. He wants to bring the National Guard in to protect the border. Oh, so now we want to shoot Mexicans? Well, I mean, in all fairness, Obama did it too. Oh, okay. But... I mean, he he's just butthurt because he ain't getting that goddamn wall. I don't, I, the wall, and the thing, it the wall is such it. a thing of contention. It's, and that the concept that, oh my God, we, we were building a wall. They're going to go under the wall, here's go something over the wall, about, trebuchet. Let me, here's something about Mexicans that some of y'all crackers don't understand. They're really fucking smart and they'll fucking just dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> the trebuchets were the thing that I thought was hilarious that 
that people on our side of the border could get hit with just flying pounds of drugs, you know, like like the old catapult systems. I mean, I mean, I, you know, it, again, it's the fear of the browning of the United States. So that is what it, what's going on, because a lot of research has shown 2050 whites are going to be the minority. Yeah. I can't wait till 2050. I just want to see it happen. Um, but. <clears throat> and then it's going to be all, our, all our little octoroons. Yeah, it's going to be y'all's turn now. <laughs> that's what. That's I probably won't be alive. You, you, you be think a, I'm be alive in 2050? You'll be alive. You'll be I'll smoking be 70 weed in a something. Chair. Yeah, oh yeah. Do they, they still? They won't have rocking chairs. They'll be like these weird. <laughs> Uh, floating things like um, uh, Brown's office responded with a treat reiterating its public stance that nothing has changed since the governor pledged 400 troops last week and the state was waiting on a response to a proposed contract that would include a ban on any activities related to immigration enforcement. The Democratic governor said California was pretty close to an agreement with administration to join the nation's three other Mexican border states, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas, for the Guard's third large scale border deployment since 2006. Brown expressed strong disinterest or strong interest in work against drug and gun smuggling and human trafficking, noting that the California Guard already has about 50 troops near the border on such efforts. It's a very logical next step to add a couple hundred more or more than that. And the Guard is chomping at the bit and ready to go. I don't think we'll get there, Brown told reporters at the National Press Club in Washington. Mm-hmm. Republican governors of Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas have openly embraced the administration's plans and specific jobs for their troops. Troops, along with Trump's premise to fight illegal immigration and drugs. Troops from Texas are already doing aerial and ground surveillance to assist the border sp- patrol. The Arizona National Guard said last week its troops will provide air and ground support. Brown has conditioned his contribution of 400 troops on avoiding any immigration work, even in a supporting role. Talks with the federal government on what specific jobs that would entail are ongoing. It is unclear how troops would distinguish work related on immigration from drug smuggling and other crimes. Ron Villetio, U.S. Customs and Border Protection's acting, acting Deputy Commissioner, said Monday that Brown rejected terms to an initial troop rollout that was similar to plans for Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. But he emphasized that California may contribute in other ways, must still be worked out. Uh, deputy In the Defense Department's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Homeland Defense Integration, Robert Salesness said the initial phase had called for 237 California troops. Uh, uh, there's blah, 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 blah. Brown elicited rare and effusive praise from Trump last week when he pledged 400 troops, which helped put the president above the lower end of his threshold of marshalling 2,000 to 4,000 troops for his border mission. The government cast his decision as a welcome infusion of support paid for by the U.S. government to fight transnational criminal gangs and drug and firearm smugglers. The Guard has about 900 troops working on a border mission Monday. A number of changes... Okay, so I get it. Trump made a thing, and he said, "We're going to enlist two to four thousand of our national guard because this border is a problem." <laughs> and Jerry Brown was like, "I don't know, okay, we'll give you four hundred." So he's like, "Okay, I get it. Like drug smuggling." There's no reason to drug smuggle anymore because you just smoke pot. No, we first grow of all, here. people get their drugs from pharmaceutical companies. Right, exactly. So that, that I'm worried about. Gun smuggling, I do. I worry about, you know, I, I have gun, gun I have issues with guns. 
but guns illegally coming across that would be on the black market. I guess that's good to stop. Uh, but the human trafficking thing, that's scary when they that bring people of- over for work and then they say, you have to work. They basically keep them in a, sort of like as slaves working in yeah. their kitchens and stuff. And they that, To me, that is more of a bigger issue than all the... The, you know the gun smuggling because you can just go get a gun at a gun show yeah. or Walmart drugs you just go to your local doctor right but the human trafficking thing but but here's the thing the the government doesn't care about human trafficking no no they care about they just don't they want just people want bra- to illegally come they, over they just don't want brown people that's what it is right I mean would they well their argument the- is that their argument is that they come over here and they work illegally so they don't have the rights that because people can treat them poorly people can treat them horribly they can but, pay them nothing they can pay them by the box do or you by hear the them piece. ever talk about canada canada do you ever hear them talk about canada like we're tired of these canadians coming over here and crossing our border right. ah. well will they would do they get them to an immigration or they but they just don't they're not looking ice is not coming after canadians you know you know why they don't talk maybe about they canada. would i know a couple canadians that are here illegally and uh i mean i'm not gonna out them that would be terrible but i don't see ice showing up at their church or at their work mm-hmm. or rounding people out at their mm-hmm. children's schools mm-hmm. picking yep. up parents yep yeah Keep, yeah mm-hmm. yeah we need to build a wall to canada no <laughs> you know why they want to build that wall they don't got the complexion for the protection right and plus also too it's like you know again part of the united states was once called mexico Mexico. now here's the thing that i don't understand california is that the way that our farms are run here in california there's no you know like johnny you know smith doesn't on summer's off he's not going to go pick vegetables at a farm right so we've got but we've got these jobs that we need to have accomplished those raspberries are not going to pick themselves and there's and the strawberries all of the things but then we don't why wouldn't we want them to come and take these jobs that we don't want and that's another issue what's that, the problem mm-hmm. bring them over how do we make them legal how do we make how, can't we have like an id that says hey i'm mexican i want to work in california bada bing like i have a mexican passport i am a california worker what is wrong with that you've had some politicians who have had illegal uh immigrants that work for them sure, and nannies or they got and they got cleaners. outed well and that's yeah. the thing is that like if you housekeepers like i clean i clean houses here and there um and but, we're not saying this is just what uh, brown people do right exactly way. but but there yeah. if they don't speak the language there's a lot of different i mean and from mexico some of the best chefs in the world uh, when you go to your five-star dining restaurant in new york the best chefs are from mexico the, the guys on the line they work hard i mean and the thing and it, it's the thing is now it's it like you said people you know a lot of americans don't want to pick berries and black people definitely don't want to pick berries we pick cotton so we're like (laughs) fuck you we're not doing this shit anymore and i don't blame us i won't uh -uh, i won't do that um and there's a lot of issues going on with a lot of farms because they can't get anybody to work for them because of what uh the immigration and what uh, this administration has been doing but here's the thing uh migrant farm workers it's a thing it's a thing and 
the the whole illegal, you know, with people cu- crossing over. I don't even like to say illegal because it's you can't be illegal from your yeah, own land. Why, yeah, I why do we have that. the borders? When do we decide whose borders are whose and all that stuff? It's like oh, when they said, when we stole the land from whoever, yeah. mm-hmm. whomever was there, the the indigenous, whoever was respecting the land and stuff. We just stole that. pissed all over. It. Had an yeah. R. Kelly party with it. Yeah, and but we're doing God's will. You know, we're be fruitful and multiply, eat lots of fruit. The um, immigration has been down from Mexico. Huh. Uh, I can't wait to go almost, back there for almost a decade. I've never been. <gasps> I'm I'm honestly I've been in like Canada. I'm thinking about I I want to be able to at some point. Do you want to live in Mexico for a couple months out of the year and just figure out a way do it. I, I mean, I'd have to figure it out, but I, I mean, I just, if I could live in Mexico for four months a year, Oh, Oh, it'd be it. so great. It'd be so great. As you I, could. I'd have to learn Spanish more, but yeah, um, that's no I problem. just, I love Mexico so much. I love the people. Everybody says hi. Everybody works hard. It's amazing. So fuck you, Trump. Uh, hey, everybody. This has been the Altcast. I'm it's so over. glad you're okay. I know it's over. Um, we we're really trying to help you, America. We're trying to figure out the answers. Trying to get you a, stop, a bigger vagina. Damn. <laughs> just, Come on. Just quit it with all the racism, okay? Just Stupid. quit it a little bit. Just the next time you a stereotype pops into your head. Don't think, think about them as a person and not as like the color of their skin. Say, well, I wonder if that person does this or I don't know. We're all humans, everybody. And I'm going to look at the shoes. Shoes? My grandpa always told me, always look at a man's shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tells you a lot about him. Yep. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Um, you want to, yeah, hit. It's got the heart on it. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Subliminal S.
SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. 
every Saturday night we've got live rock and roll some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well come on down 10 p.m. rock and roll only night of the week we have a five dollar cover charge always five bucks for live rock and roll we're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday 2 to 2 come on down have some drinks with us we've got whiskey Wednesday tequila Tuesday and we've always got the Steve McQueen special shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for eight bucks Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety. Two o'clock on a Wednesday. When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is here on Mutiny Radio. It's time for Some Call Me Tim. All right, uh, welcome to Some Call Me Tim. Today is 418 to timestamp it for you peeps. 418. It's almost 420. We have Juwan Rubin on the program today to talk about what's going on. Juwan, I haven't met you before, but we have friends in common, so I I trust. I trust that you are. If you want to listen, you can. It doesn't matter. You can hear the trippy music behind us. Nice. Uh, So. Yeah, we've never met before. We've never met before. Yeah. So but I don't you know. Saw the I didn't post. Know, saw the post on Facebook on Bacon. Uh, bacon is. Uh, I don't want to tell too many people about Bacon because I like to keep it as exclusive as possible. The, uh, the seven thousand five hundred people that are yeah. part of Bacon. Yeah, it's super exclusive. <laughs> a lot of fucking people. Yeah. And then there's also uh, 
Yeah, there's a there's a Google Doc of all the uh, different shows in the area. So if you're a comedian and you want to know what's going on, then go to Bacon and find out. You know if there's an open mic near you. So yeah, I saw your post and uh, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down to do a little bit of radio or whatever we got going on here. I guess yeah. there's a podcast and all that. Yeah, uh, it, we're not we're not terrestrial, but we are on the internet. So. Uh, so on this show, the first thing I usually have you do is look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. All right. And uh, and I ask, do you believe in Jesus? Do I believe in Jesus? I believe I believe there was a, a man historically named Jesus oh. who came from Nazareth. That's historical. That's in uh, you know that's in his history books. Uh, as far as everything that's that goes on in the Bible, I also believe that as well. Really? Yes, I do believe the, everything that was going on in the Bible. Like I'm, Noah and the Ark, and yes. Jonah and the whale. All that. All, all that. that. All and, right. And so, just to pre- uh, preface this, uh, I am an act- I am actually a minister. Really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so this this conversation uh, of, of, will of, be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I used to be a religious zealot. What does so, that mean? Um, I was I was one of the kids. I was on fire for Jesus as a child. Oh, like, you're a Jesus. Freak. I was a Jesus freak. I was <laughs> I went to Christian school. I was I was all about my 33 year old invisible friend that I got to talk to all the time. Nice. Solving all, solving all my problems. Nice. <laughs> uh, but I went I went to I mean I was in a Christian school for kindergarten through seventh grade and uh, really involved in the church until uh college so okay I what happened in college stories. well uh <laughs> yeah so what happened was we got had turned a, out huh? but we had a big we had a, and i was no i was a, i was a virgin until i got married um, okay i mean i was very like i didn't want anybody to see me naked that was weird jesus shamed me into okay. that whole into not getting an std thanks jesus high five, high five um, so oh it's great but um we had a mega church kind of in a very rich town and our pastor who we revered and thought was this amazing person um he basically was sleeping with all the women that he was having one-on-one counseling with wow and so he would be on the pulpit and he would talk about his three children and his wife and how much he loved them and all this stuff and then he was having sex with like they didn't know if it was was between nine and 18 women wow who were all and he was like saying he was sort of using God as a way to get them to do it. Like I have to help. Like I'm the go between between you and God. And it was kind of like, right. Terrible. Right. (laughs) So when that happened, like my whole world just shat, I was like, everything I believe in is lies. Wow. It took us one guy having uh, maybe halfway consensual sex with 18 women. (laughs) Right. And it was like, but it was that I had been taught to revere this person. Right. Like, and so it just, for me, that was rough. Yikes. I'm so sorry that had to happen to you, you know? I mean, it was, <laughs> but I'm a much, I'm much better as like a crazy feminist than I was as a, as a religious zealot. I was annoying. I was like one of those, like walk up to you in the mall and be like, you need, is your life going to be, are you going to be saved by Jesus Christ? Like, is everything going to be okay with you? Like, I'm worried about you and I don't want you to go to hell. And so for God's love, the world, he gave his own begotten son and we should talk. And people are like, whoa, on fire for Christ. Get out of here. Nice. Nice. But that was, you know, I don't do that anymore. You don't do that anymore. So, so that was the defining moment for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. What, what do you want to know? Uh, well, I mean, mean, whatever, what makes you, so you, you believe that like God exists and has a plan 
plan for your life and that yes. you're a tool in his cat toolcase toolkit like sure. i want to know what like how you well so with- well let's let's start at the very beginning okay. so the very beginning in the beginning you know god made heaven and the earth so we have to define who god is first so i think what happens is um a lot of people so I, okay, so let's go a little bit further back. So Plato, right? Uh-huh. Plato was a, a, a philosopher, the uh, the, f- the founder of all science, really, right now, right? And what he said was that the word doesn't matter. It's not the word that matters. It's the idea behind the word oh. that is re- that's real. The words aren't real. Words are the way that we communicate with each other. But the idea. So if I t- if I say uh, if I say the word chair, you might think of something that has a back with four legs, right? But a horse also has a back with four legs, right? Right. So it's really what goes into your mind. And so what happened was now fast forward, Hollywood. Uh, basically gave us images of who God is because there's because in the Bible it says no one has ever seen the face of God nobody has right right uh, Moses saw a burning bush a couple other people saw visions or whatnot but then ne- no one's ever seen the face of God no living person and so when you think of the idea of God, uh, Hollywood has kind of painted him as this big, you know, white guy with gray hair in the sky. Right. 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 The Zeus kind of thing. Yeah. The so Zeusian God. I think that's kind of where it came from. Right. Is they try to, you know, make it make sense. But really, if you the, the idea of God is that he's omnipresent. He's everything. Everything is God. Mm. Me, I'm God. You're God. This, you know, the walls are God. Everything is God. Right. And so. From there, the space between atoms. Right, the space between atoms. Because that's like the, that's the weird thing is, is you're sitting in a chair. Right. But that chair is basically a bunch of empty space. Right. Because if you look on the, you know, cellular level and atomic level, right. there's all this space in between these things that are moving around. Yet that's a chair. Definitely. So it's like the space. Yeah, right. and I actually I have a book on my website juanrubin.com. Um, so in my book I talk about this where it's that God is just a life force, and you can oh. call it whatever you want. I may call it God, you may call it God, somebody else might call it the force, somebody else might call sure. it mother, mother nature, someone else might call fate. it Allah, you know, fate, you know, sure. whatever. These these are just words that we attach to the idea. Did now I, I, I this is a technical question, but in Revelations, uh, John in his visions never saw God. He saw the beast with the six six. He no. saw the headed things. He saw the he saw crazy stuff, a and bear frog or something. But and it's funny, no um, face of God. Um, you know, I don't know. You might want to Google this, but most, a lot of ministers don't preach on Revelations because John the Revelator, <laughs> John the Revelator, he was, <laughs> he was actually, yeah, he got, he got banned, right? And he was on this island by himself with his servant. So he technically didn't write Revelations. His servant did, huh. and he secluded himself in a cave with a bunch of uh, incense and other things going on and that's how he told his his servant to write revelations so a lot of reason why a lot of ministers don't preach out of revelations some do but not a lot of them do because technically John was high he was high yeah <laughs> he was smoking that that yeah. cave fungus some weird cave fungus yeah. that has like and that's how he PC saw the visions up. yeah sure. well and they say that when Jesus when people try to scientifically reconstruct 
reconstruct some of the miracles. And, and now with the legalization of marijuana, what a miracle. But they say that cannabinoids and cannabis were grown at that point. Right. And when the Jewish priests, they would be anointed. They weren't just like anointed with oil, like a little on your head. Right. They were like physically dipped in these huge vats of oil that had like all of these herbs and things going on and like yeah. probably cannabis. Yeah, yeah. And so because India was right there. Yeah. And that, I mean, it was growing around. I mean, it, things moved around. We know that there were trading routes and whatnot. Yeah. But so they literally like anoint them. And so yeah. they'd have visions. Yeah, yeah. Because they'd, I don't know, emotionally and physically prepared. Yeah. And that, and hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying this, but I mean, nowhere in the Bible is it safe for you not to smoke marijuana. Sweet. Right? Well, it says body's a temple. And yeah, I guess, but smoking. But marijuana is, is good for you. That's so, true too. you know, it's kind of helping your temple. It's not destroying it. Unless you talk about like current carcinogens and all that. Then in that case, you do like a vape pen or you sure. do edibles. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's nothing real. There's nothing technically wrong with it. It's just, you know, you have these traditions. Like I, I grew up in the Baptist church, so ah. they're very rigid, very uh, conservative. But you're not a Baptist, Baptist minister. I am a Baptist. You minister. are a Baptist minister. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm licensed through the Baptist church. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I'm, a, I'm eclectic. My views are very Because, yeah, you already, that's pretty mind-blowing with the platonic chair theory. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, so you're a Baptist minister. Yes, ma'am. That's great. So, but you worship, you never swear. You don't. So I do swear. So I mean, okay. so okay, we can go into actual scripture if you want. I mean, like the when Jesus says to refrain from using profanity. If you look up the word profanity, profanity just means any words that you use that will make someone uncomfortable or or, oh. or demean them in any way, huh. right? So if I'm if I'm in a conversation with someone and I know socially it's uh, these are quote unquote cuss words, and actually let's even back up a little bit more. Why are these the f word and the sh word bad words? If you know right so i had a psychology teacher he's he studied linguistics and he told me a story so i'm gonna tell you this story okay it basically goes like this so in england right because that's where english comes from in england before england was in a country there was two uh, uh major tribes and they were at war with each other right and so one of the tribes, uh, which we, we can call them English, on their armor during battle, they would write on their armor, fornicate and defecate. Huh. Was basically meant that they were going to rape your women and crap all over your land. Right? right. Sure, sure. So in retaliation, the other tribe wrote on their armor the same thing, but in their language, fucka and shitta. Huh. Right. And so needless to say, the English tribe won. And so that became uh, the other tribe became the forbidden language. You weren't supposed to speak. That yeah and so when you talk about like our you know baptist conservative baptists yeah technically you know they they don't cuss a lot of christians don't cuss quote-unquote cuss uh but that, that's just a misconception of what you know profanity is right right that's just the for, forbidden language well, so if i'm talking sense so fast forward so if i if i'm talking to someone and i know socially it's not acceptable to use those words then i'm not all you know automatically going to use them because i know i might be pro, uh be profaning them Right. right. Um, however, if I'm in a conversation and someone's dropping an F-bomb, SH-bomb, then that gives me free range to do it as well because I know it's not going to offend them. Right. And there's also a, a cultural context. When I hear people, when I'm on the bus and somebody has hip-hop music on that has very bad words in it, mm -hmm. I don't say anything unless there's children. And mm. if there's kids, I kind of put like the moral kibosh on it. I'm like, can you put your headphones on? There's kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. just because... 
Well, that's I don't stupid swear in, in general. They shouldn't be playing music. Well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't swear in front of children because I don't think it's appropriate. I feel like uh, these are words that we get to use when we're adults because we understand the language and we know how to use them yeah. and we know context. And so I don't want to do them in front of children. Yep. So that's the only reason. So it's it's moral. It's more like an I don't know an integritous ethical stance on swear. But I swear. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do stand-up, so I'm yeah. constantly swearing yeah. and talking about profane and ridiculous ideas. Off top, yeah. yeah. And when I first started doing com- I've been doing comedy for about seven, eight years now. Oh, so wow. When I first started doing it, I wasn't a minister, so I, you know, my comedy is a little more raunchy. And then when I came became a minister, it's like, well, okay, I should clean, probably clean this up, you know, clean up my acts. And sure. it was a very difficult thing to do to, you know, not use profanity and not, you know, not, not go off the cuff with cuss words and even just the subject matters you know having to change subject well when you write sermons you write a whole sermon every week right you write an hour or half hour long speech for the most part i either either i write it manuscript or i just write notes because you you've got a captive audience you can if you can write clean material you can do a 30 minute set every sunday that's great. <laughs> Basically, for twice for two different, two different shows. Thirty minutes. It's kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's great. It's kind of like that's that. That's super yeah. cool. I mean, but it has to come from the word. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, but you I, can do, make... I throw jokes in there. I have tons of jokes about feminism in the Bible. Yeah. Ruth and Esther. Let me hear one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you obviously know the Book of Ruth, so I don't have to. There's there's two books in the Bible that are specifically named after women, and so right. I figure Ruth as a feminist, Esther. I yeah. should, you know do a little study into those. So what I learned um, from the book of Esther mm-hmm. is that um, what you have to do as a woman is have a hot rack and not look Jewy. So her name was Hadassah. They're like, oh girl, you got to cut that out. You got to, your name is not Hadassah. Your name is Esther. They basically put her in with the concubines of the king after he, he, he kicks out his queen Vashti because she won't dance around naked in front of his drunk buddies. And then he's like, I'm going to get another hot bitch up in my crib and then he's like you know change your name don't be Hadassah be Esther and then she saves the entire Jewish people how she good at puzzles is she like she's an incredible vocalist she's an amazing musician no she has a hot rack and doesn't look Jewy that's basically what I learned from the book of Esther thank you God nice, I know exactly one. what to do with I know exactly what I should do as a feminist that's um, awesome thank you see that you was... get it because oh, you read yeah. the you've read the book so yeah. when I do that joke if people don't have any biblical knowledge, they just yeah. look at me blankly. They're like, we don't care. We don't get it. We have no context yeah. for what you're talking about. I wish I had that joke. Uh, before I was a minister, I did a, um, <laughs> I did a fashion show. Uh, I did a, um, I did a private show <laughs> and I did about 15 minutes set. Um, and I actually had dinner rolls thrown at me at this <laughs> church event, you know what I mean? And I, I made the joke, uh, let he who was without sin throw the first dinner roll. And like, they just came flying. I didn't know who threw them. It was, it was an interesting moment because that's I'm like, hilarious. you guys are Christian. What are you doing throwing dinner rolls at me? If you don't like my comedy, that's one thing, but don't, don't, you know, that was wow. I, I guess maybe I offended them in some kind of way. So actually, I was a minister at that time. <laughs> this is the thing that this is a strange biblical question about. Um, Jesus oh, gets man. big on people about calling someone fool. Right. So it's right. kind of like that. Just like Proverbs too. It's like that's the super. Is that like the judgiest thing you can do is to call someone else a fool or a foolish? And I'm thinking though, as comedians. Aren't we playing the role of the fool? Or is that linguistically different? The fool that he's talking about is not like the Shakespearean fool. Right, right. Which, like, so is it, which, like, what did he mean by 
And why did he take such like great offense about calling your like it was in the Beatitudes like don't ever call anyone a fool it's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, you know Beatitudes that's cool. And I'm like really? Yeah. Um. Well, first off, you know, uh, it, 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 people get a lot in trouble a lot with scripture because the danger is is that the King James version or any of these other versions they're translations, sure. right? So as a minister, what I usually have to do before, when I'm getting into a scripture is I have to translate it back to the original language, right? Because depending on where you are, if you're talking about Jesus, then that's the New Testament, so it was written in uh, Arama Aramaic, uh, Aramaic yeah. and Hebrew. And so depending on you know what scripture it is, you have to translate it back. So that scripture I probably have to translate it back to Hebrew just to see what word fool, because he might be it might be two different types of fools, sure, right? Um, and so uh, that's number one. Number two is um, uh, rem you remember that, you know, we have the Old Testament, the New Testament. At the beginning, God made Adam and Eve and he made them in his image. Right. So uh, when he made them in his image, <clears throat> basically he made them perfect. Sure. Or at least as perfect as he could uh, in the physical form. And so our, our goal as human beings were always to be. A, ref a, f a reflection of God and His image, and almost the perfect being that He is. So when you but when, who can when you're live up to that exactly. So when you're <laughs> foolish, <laughs> then you're not being you're not on the high wisdom of God. So when mm -hmm. so when Jesus brings up, I'm not 100 percent sure as I haven't studied the scripture, but when He talks about the fool, He's probably talking about the fool in Proverbs because Jesus references the Old Testament a lot, right? So He's probably talking about the fool in Proverbs. When it, the fool in Proverbs, it's always it's always the difference between wisdom which comes from God and foolishness which uh, is not not just that you don't have wisdom but you don't have knowledge either right well and it's it, there's a, a a carelessness of thought it's that it's being it's foolishness is almost impulsivity because if you were going to think about things so it's almost like he's warning us yeah. against being yeah, uh, think before you speak, think right. before you think do, before you but not even just that. Think and then also pray to God for the wisdom so that you can think clearly. But isn't that just an argument for like meditation? So that's the thing is Definitely. if you're praying like, because when I was little, I literally believed that like Jesus, 33 year old Jesus with his little stigmata right. is sitting next to me on my bed, <laughs> petting my head. And I'm like, oh, the girls don't like me. And he's like, it's okay. You'd say everything's cool. And I'm like, but I don't know why everybody doesn't like me. And he's like, yeah. if you could just shut up a little bit, people might like you a little bit more. But Jesus, I don't. he's like, nobody likes to know it all, Pam. Come on. You know. But it, it's and the question is, as a child, was I truly? But in my belief that was there like yeah and, but that's not that's almost like when i was a child i thought like a child and now i'm a man and i've put childish ways behind me Off and now. it's like so does jesus i mean that's so weird for me because it was like i think i was little and i believed that that was real and now i'm an adult and i'm like when we die we're fucking dead <laughs> like that's it there's right. no there's no 12 mansions in the sky <laughs> there's no riches piling up for me right, it's right. kind of all here yeah well when i first uh before I became a minister for about three years i was really deep into the word and trying to like really uh get right well not to say get right just i was curious enough to really study it right and so that's kind of why i prefaced at the very beginning that you know the the word doesn't matter it's the idea behind the word right so you know to me I'm praying to God, 
but to someone else they're meditating to to get nirvana but i mean or someone is speaking something into existence as well right you talk about the law of attraction right sure so sure. if you if you say i want this to happen and you you think about it in a positive way the law of attraction says that it'll come your way right now you can make those parallels is that just the universe you know giving you what you asked for because you were thinking about it or or and, and saying it because the law of attraction says you actually have to say it too sure it's the same as as prayers is pretty much uh, in the that, same yeah, realm. yeah yeah well and th- the other thing is that like when you're negative and in a bad mood people don't like you and so you probably aren't going to get what you want yeah like the nicer and better and hey jesus turn the other cheek yeah instead of picking up a stick (laughs) or a gun you can like empathize and and be calm because nobody can force any reactions out of you yeah it's how we react to the situation and putting wisdom into your reactions i think that's where yeah. Cause otherwise, because if we're just being reactionary all the time, yeah. Then, then what? Then well, yeah. <sighs> you have to respond, not react. You know, because re- reaction is at the very minimum level of physics, right? And we're a little bit above physics because we're sure. able to study physics, right? Un- unlike the trees who just adhere to physics and they can't do anything about it, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't. Uh, yeah, they can't study physics. You don't feel just, the wind. You f- you hear the tree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's this is a so how old are you? Are you 33? You're a little older. I'm just curious. Uh yeah, I'm in my uh, 30s. Oh yeah, because uh, Jesus did all his ministry in his 33rd year, and I think that's very interesting, and specifically that it was just this one year. Oh crap! And it's yeah. 33 is this great kind of thing. So uh, my boyfriend just turned 33, and I wanted to have because he's also very religious. Uh, and I wanted <laughs> so to he's have religious, which you're not. No, no, he was. Oh, he's he was. also now he's like he's super into punk rock, and he's like fuck God. Punk rock uh, is dope. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so at first 33rd birthday, I wanted to have a party and he's like I don't want a party so I was like fuck but I I came up with the ideas for it it was going to be all Jesus Jesus themed so I was going to make one called pearls before swine and they were going to be little pearl onions wrapped in bacon and then like with some herbs so like with um okay herbs. so like I take like a rosemary and stick it through the pearl onion and then roast it and then put some bacon around it and so that would be one pearls before swine okay. and I wanted to make I wanted them all to be biblically themed so I wanted to do five loaves two fish and so I'd wanted to do two fish in a salt crust where you take the whole fish and you put it in the salt crust and then you make it look like a fish on the outside and you crack it open <laughs> and have like and bake a bunch of fresh bread like five loaves I just thought it would be really cute right to have like a Jesus themed 30 <laughs> third birthday party food thing and he was like that's really darling but we don't have that many friends and nobody will get it and they'll be like why are you and for a week I was like she trying to come up like, yeah, yeah. Jesus themed food it's really funny because of all the parables it's like yeah. the seeds in the don't you know the seeds in the in the in the uh, rocky path? You, yeah. put, you plant your seeds. You don't just. It's the same thing. He talks a lot about restraint. You don't just throw your seeds willy nilly wherever and go. Well, I hope something grows. Yeah. You have to take it's the gotta, seed, yeah. nurture the seed, maybe even germinate it first. You yeah. gotta nurture the soil. You gotta build your little. Put, do the whole thing. Plant it. Put on the fertilizer. Don't throw it on rocks. Yeah. Don't. Why <laughs> would you? Why would you have expectations of anything? <laughs> I, I really love the parables because I love allegories and I think any fable being told as like I feel like that's what's wrong with kids these days is we're not teaching them moralistic anything it's like Disney is teaching them morals which is terrible we don't want why are we giving Disney all the power over shaping our children where it's like but the parables and allegories it's great stuff you know like the 
You know, don't and build it, your house in a sandy land. Don't yeah. build it too near the shore. And that's what, and that's one of the reasons why Jesus spoke in parables because it, it helped people unlock their minds. You know, um, metaphors and all that. The, just the beauty of of linguistics. That's what I, I really love. Uh, actually, I teach. <laughs> I teach a public speaking class and a writing class, um, like five or six hours a week. And cool. Yeah, I, I try to let them know about similes and all that stuff. And it's it's interesting to see how kids, you know, they somewhere in their brain they get it, right? But they they can't put it into words what they understand or what they get, right? And so you know, you bringing that up is is that makes a lot of sense. And and it, even just you know, I'll have kids. Do you have kids? No. Okay. Well, I hopefully, you know, I don't know. One day I'll have kids or maybe not. I don't really care at this point. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, so kids, like, um, one thing that I, I want to do is I, I don't want them to be in the school system. Because I, I just, I feel like, yeah, yeah like, it's a, it's a babysitting system. Right? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of where it came from. When, when the Industrial Revolution hit, all of a sudden now people are going to work uh, 9 to 5. Whereas prior to that, people owned a farm or they owned a business. Right. And they just worked whenever, you know. Um, and so when they were in the factory from 9 to 5, couldn't leave, the kids needed something to do. So that's where K-12 K through 12 came about. Wow. And so I've been, te- you know, I've. I've been teaching for about six or seven years as well. And when I first, the first time I started teaching, I was like, why are we teaching these, these kids, these outdated things, Right. you know, it really, or I, teaching to the test, which yeah. is so dumb when no child left behind anything. No, they're not. Cause they're not, there's no critical thought. I, no. I thought that George Bush's, I was, I was a credentialed school teacher from 97 to 2001. Right. And I got out because I saw what no child left behind was bringing in. Oh, And really? that was taking away critical thought. Everything went from test taking. It, huh? it went to test taking Wow. and fill in the blank and, and fill in the simile. This is to this is this is to this, you know, wow. that kind of stuff, as opposed to reading a story and, and considering the themes and applying those themes to your own life or right. like all of that was just wow. gone. Creative yeah. writing gone. Yeah. I graduated Oh four. So I probably saw the, the tail end of that. But, um, yeah, when I was, um, yeah, when I was in high school, I, I went to a pretty cool high school. So uh, shout out to James Logan in Union City. Um, very, it's a, it's a college preparatory school. So they still made us do that. And I, I had a really hard time. Like I was telling my kids the other day, like I had a hard time understanding English just because I was a mathematical thinker. And everything huh. you just said about like um, analyzing themes, it just didn't make any sense to me because in math, there's always one answer. Right. But when there's when you're reading a book, there might be multiple themes and I right. couldn't grasp the concept of there being more than one theme sure but it really helped me when I figured it out in college really uh, my mind just opened up right. and just I started I started seeing things from different perspectives exactly I think that the only thing that's going to save the world right now is uh fiction stories literature is good literature written <laughs> about people who writes good literature? Well, I, I think that Stephen I think I think that Stephen King is going to be known as as one of the literary greats one day because his short stories are really incredible. But yeah. when you are writing in even a first person narrative, and it's somewhat like Stephen King can write from a woman's perspective, and he does it amazingly. He can write from like a racist's perspective, and mm-hmm. it's totally great. You can he can write from a misogynist. He can write from a crazy person's perspective. Yeah, he wrote a lot of books. He's written oh my god, he's written like crazy so many novels. And then all the short stories and everything. It's just, it's mind blowing. But I think that's what can save 
The reason that we people don't, why can't we just all get along? Mm-hmm. Is that we are unable to empathize with one another. And right. one of the ways that we can teach empathy is through fiction. Off top. Because when people are reading a story, mm-hmm. you get that intimate, like you're the character. Right, right, it's right. It's your right. brain. Or you're there, you know, like you're there as you, but you're also there as what the author wants you to do. Well, Frig, it's, it's also, it's a dangerous uh, situation now because I don't know if you heard, but like kids have, they just have like iPads and laptops in school now so now they're they, they're still reading but they're reading pixel, pixels Oof. right so what happens is with your brain is that you know you have two hemispheres of your brain the pixels only activate one side of your brain oh. right whereas when you read when you read actual print there's actual ink right and so right. your brain is picking up not only uh, not only just the words but the calligraphy of the words sure, the and, font. and yeah, yeah the actual font and so you use both hemispheres of your brain sure well because so it's, it's a picture it's it's yeah. either it, a letter is one symbol that is a picture it's a yeah. picture symbol and when you're reading it on a screen it's a hundred t- tiny little blips of light yeah. that become a, a letter yeah. it's like instead of one image it's multiple images being one image it's yeah. pretty mind-blowing yeah it is mind-blowing and and that's and that's one of the reasons why i think kids don't want to read anymore they're kind of gravitating towards doing uh, looking at video or looking right. at film uh, uh, and it, it's just it's it's vapid consumption of images see that's the problem yeah. i have is that but they're smart as hell i know but they need but but we can teach them when they make pictures in their own head that's only going to make them smarter right like the idea that TV and movies and visual images are what they kind of gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. That's because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Because when you read a book, you have to take those little symbols and you have to put those symbols into words. And then you have right. to think, oh, what does that word mean in which language? And what does that mean? And then you put them in sentences and then they create pictures in your head. Yeah. There's a lot of higher order fucking thinking going on yeah, when you're reading. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so that we're we're losing that. Yeah. And that's scary. And then we wonder why kids don't care. We wonder why we have a president who watches TV all day and doesn't read books and doesn't actually study. <laughs> because why would... Because I already know everything. We don't. There's so... So you're not a Trump supporter. Oh, God. Well, how, how could I be? How could anybody <laughs> in California be? Are, are you? Um, I like to think of myself as a Trump empathizer. An uh, empathizer. Yeah, not a. I'm not a hundred percent a Trump supporter, but I do empathize with with him. But he's he's an egotistical maniac. He's out of control. Most guys are, you know. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I've. But Obama wasn't. He was so humble. Obama and was an actor. He was the he was the best actor we've ever had as you president. Think so? He should have got an Oscar. But he's but he was a, he's a constitutional <laughs> lawyer. Yeah, lawyers are actors, right? Yeah, like, but I I, I believe. <laughs> I believed him. I believed everything he said. I Definitely. believed his wife. I, did too. I believed his children. I, I did too. I, I know. Him. I voted for him the first time just to say that I voted. So first, first of all, I don't actually believe in democracy. So what do you mean? I don't believe demo- I don't believe democracy. You know, I going back to Plato. Plato said democracy can never work because we're we as people are too stupid. Yeah, because dumb people are going to vote for dumb people. So, right. You know. The, he, right. Because it's actually, a popularity contest. Because democracy yeah. is a popularity contest. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be for the people. But I mean, so what do you want an aristocracy? Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to get back to Kings and Queens or no, no, no. So Plato actually mapped out this government that has never been implemented. Um, and the reason it can't be implemented because it kind of probably needs to start at the very beginning of time, I think. (laughs) So, um, so though, so he basically said the perfect city state or perfect government, um, is the same as a perfect human being, right? So a perfect human being needs to have his rational, uh, so rational, righteous mind, 
controlling the irrational spirit which controls the weak body. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So he said as a city state needs to be the same way. We need to have the not just the smartest but righteous as well. You have to be righteous as in righteous decides, and just. Who decides that's, who's right because that's, that's the hard part. Because when the righteous people are usually self-righteous and we're like fuck yeah. you and then they're hypocritical as fuck. And the righteous ones you don't even know that they, they exist cuz they're so humble. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because they have quiet integrity and they yeah. don't wave it up in the air and go look at me yeah. look at look at i just tipped twenty dollars <laughs> or you know like what i just gave up like jesus in the church or whatever i just gave a hundred dollars to the church it's like give give quietly give up your heart <laughs> don't don't give seeking yeah. reward but now it feels like people only give seeking reward yeah like yeah so yeah. ah but then yeah how do you measure righteousness I, that's that's the harper that's probably why the government has never been implemented because how do you who it has to start at the beginning of time right so who how do we change the our government to that government i, I thought it'd be a very difficult process but to finish just so the the uh so the righteous uh rational thinkers needs to control the irrational army which controls the masses of people who really deep down in their heart just want to be told what to do which is like 90 percent of the population Oh, yeah. see, but I never want to be told what to do. I hate so that. So you're probably part of the 10% that doesn't, you know? That's that's in so charge. Yeah, the righteous and rational. Yeah, you're technically, I mean. But, look, I was a, you know, but I'm a woman, so at the time, he was only talking about men. At the time, Because yes. women didn't even have, we weren't even people. Yeah, yeah. technically. Yeah. And then his protege, Aristotle, said that you're not a perfect, he went a step further and said you have to be, you have to be a man to be a perfect human being. You actually have to be a man, you have to be tall, you have to be rich. I think that was, and you have to be um, <laughs> attractive. But rich in spirit is different than than actual money. How how important is money to you? Just that's a random question, but how it goes to people. How important is money to yeah. me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't really like money. I don't really. Well, on enjoy a scale it. from like it's just little pieces of paper that float through my hands, and you're just like blah, blah, to like I save and I'm totally saving up for this or I've got like you know like every penny I'm accounting and I, my checkbook is always balanced <laughs> so yeah a little bit so a little bit of history of me so I went to school for economics and accounting what yeah <laughs> um and but I always had theater in my heart right so I did theater on the side you know and I ate up a lot of my units doing theater which I shouldn't have done but I enjoyed it and then once school was over to keep my acting chops going I started doing comedy and then I started in a fan base and i said oh well i'll just keep doing this thing but uh so my day job what i do during the day um is i am a financial broker so Whoa. yeah mind-blowing i do so but, many but things right? being a minister isn't a day job no that's a life job <laughs> that's that's yeah people call me in the middle of the night to go pray for their their sick aunt who's in the hospital Whoa. so you know that's an that's all that's 24 7 that yeah but stop. you but it doesn't pay you enough that you can just be a minister no <gasps> that is so sad that you've dedicated your life to the church and you don't do you get a free place to live no <gasps> pro what bono you get out of it uh you're a pro bono spiritual, minister <laughs> spiritual uh, uh compensation you're a pro bono minister. I thought that the whole point of like being a minister or being a priest or whatever is that you got free room and board. That's the problem. 
what that, that's the problem it, what i don't get that because Be- people think that yeah because people think that i mean jesus jesus wasn't poor like we have this image of him being poor but he wasn't poor he just always people always gave him stuff from his from birth they gave him gold and a bunch of bunch of crap right so he was always well off he just would he would preach that it's you know it doesn't mean anything it's not it, it's meaningless but it, it does it does so that's why you ask how important is it it's like well in this in the world that i live in it's a 10 out of 10 Ooh. but um you know i don't care for it that much <sighs> but it is important because you have to you have to live and and survive so it's it's somewhat important i wish it wasn't so important in the world but it is so in my in my own life is it important yes but i wish it wasn't you know so i i don't know it's it's interesting so the and as a financial broker, um, yeah, so I have a lot of clients, um, and I gotta say, I can't I have to be confidential yeah, with this absolutely. stuff, but um, basically, yeah, I teach them on how to save properly and how to invest properly. And there's there's certain things that you just have to do um, that the rich fat cats are doing right now. You know, when Trump said, "I don't pay any taxes," you know why he doesn't pay any taxes? Because <laughs> there's certain accounts that you can put your money in Aww. that's completely tax free, which is what I teach my clients to do, which is what I do. Right. So I mean, it's it's I, I I just I know the rules. I don't quite believe in the rules, but they are the rules. You know, right. what I'm saying if I have to play basketball, then I might as well play it the best I can and know all the rules. I know the rules that you makes know? sense. See, I think that money is what is tearing us apart, and that is what is that is what is absolutely wrecking humanity. Is that especially as Americans, we feel like people only have worth and value that's associated with dollar bills. Right. And when you say it's worth really and when you say value and when you say values and these kinds of things, they should be esoteric. They should be, they should and, be yeah. part of your, we don't believe in a soul anymore. There should be <laughs> integrity. That's like the, the whole thing that's been making me crazy is when yeah. little kids are like, fake it till you make it. I'm like, no, uh. learn, practice, do <laughs> practice, discipline, discipline, but, practice, learn. But look how many people are financially successful from just faking it. I mean, I, and, yeah. I mean, I do hip hop and like in the hip hop industry right now, it's like, you don't even have to be a good rapper anymore. You just have to just look like you have a lot of money and look like you, you know, and, and do something that's extreme, like dye your hair a rainbow color or something like that. And then then have a crazy social media presence. And then you can be a successful rapper nowadays. You know, it's very, it it is what it is. You know, I, I, no, no, (laughs) I I get it. I mean, but Oh, back to what you're saying though. The Bible actually doesn't say money. Money is the root of all evil. It doesn't? It doesn't. Who came up with that? It actually says <laughs> the love for money is the oh, root of Okay. So that's that's why the world is where it is, because people are in love with money and not in well, love with themselves or God. They're in love with money. But it's the, also that people are judging each other based on how much people who don't have enough money aren't people. Right. Like when Trump says that he wants to give everyone on food stamps drug tests. Uh, excuse me? Like, wh- what do you... Uh, or that everyone on food stamps is going to get now like a box, like a box of food, like so they, <laughs> like they're not worth worthy enough I've to make their own choices. He's saying lately, but it's like it's saying that these <laughs> these people over here, these poor people, they're not smart enough or good. Because if they were smart and good at what they did, they'd be rich by now. I don't know if that's what he's saying. I, I think he, it's that I, poor I, people aren't people because mm. they can't buy. Because if you're a good American, you're a consumer, and you buy, buy, buy. And what mm. makes you a good American yeah. is by buying things in and being a part of the economy mm-hmm. and th- 
our government does not respect esoteric gifts. They do not mm. appreciate artists. Right. And yeah, you know, artists artists getting out of the school system now. And now and now it's saying that hip hop saying, Yeah, dye your hair rainbow colors and say bitch a lot and, and look like you have money <laughs> and now you're a hip hop artist. <laughs> you're an artist. Yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting that you say that. But um yeah. But I here's what I think Trump was trying to say. Because when I first went to, so you know, when I first went to school uh, in college, you know, I came from, you know, uh, I went to a high school that was near Oakland in San Leandro. And so I, you know, I, I went to uh, Logan first three years and my last year I went to San Leandro. And before that, I hung around a lot of people from Hunter's Point. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of got turned out in a way where I was like, oh, man, F everything. And like my, my whole demeanor changed everything. You know, I just I was hanging around certain type of people that were just, um, you know, ghetto or a hood or whatever you want to call it right and so uh, I remember when you know when I first got my financial aid check right because it was from the state of California right free money I went to the mall and bought clothes right I know a couple guys who bought Jordans you know $200 shoes you know yeah. and so which I think what Trump is trying to say is that there are people who do abuse the system I was one of them I abused the system and huh. I know a lot of people who still abuse the system people who don't really need food stamps but still you know but take them everyone should have access to food that's true but I mean and what and he's saying then the, then food is one thing but if you're giving someone money and then they go use it for drugs yeah that's a problem right then i that's think that's what he's trying but with, to say. with food stamps you have to you can only buy food i mean unless you like yeah sell them illegally to someone be like oh, i'm gonna take you food shopping but <laughs> some you people can buy, do that yeah. <laughs> you can buy 30 dollars on my food stamps but give me 20 dollars worth of drugs or yeah. whatever i'm not sure how people work that kind of stuff but i mean i'm on food stamps yeah. and i'd say there's no shame in the game if you're like I'm I'm an artist and I don't get paid a lot of money so yeah I I, and I feel like I deserve to eat food. <laughs> For real, I feel you. <laughs> like <laughs> so. I feel you. So yeah, I and so that that's why I go back to the um, you know I'm a I'm a Trump sympathizer. I'm not really a Trump supporter, mm. but I am a Trump sympathizer because I, I I I one at one point in my life the the media ra ran my name through the mud. Really? Yeah. So there's. Do you, will you talk about that? What happened? <laughs> I don't really like talking about it, oh, but I yeah, I guess uh, you know I guess it's time. What did you what did, what did you mean it ran they you got publicly slandered all right so here's the story i guess um this is my first time really saying this publicly and so everyone's probably gonna gonna hear this and yeah if you google uh juan rubin j-a-w-a-a-n last name rubin r-u-b-i-n by the way my last name is rubin which is a jewish name for uh, uh ruby or yiddish for ruby my first name is arabic so i'm actually the peace in the middle east right, right? cool because there will never ever be an Arabic first name and Jewish last right, name exactly. ever and I, my dad didn't know that but anyway so if you google my name Juwan Rubin uh, so what happened was uh, my sophomore year in high school um, what had happened was is that I um, I I was on the basketball team. I was on the freshman basketball team uh, my freshman year, and I was balling out of control. I, I you know, I, I averaged about 30 points a game. And Damn. Yeah, I was kicking ass. I was, I was all over the place. And then, so my sophomore year, um, there's a little issue. My, my dad didn't like the coach at that time. I don't know. Do you know anything about LeVar Ball? 
No. Okay, never mind. Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> so my dad didn't follow the Warriors. Yeah, my dad didn't uh, like the coach because uh, of something. My brother was there four years before me, and you know he had held on to some of his letters from different colleges because my brother he was um, getting approached by different colleges, and the coach held on to the letters, <gasps> didn't give it to him until like the end of his senior year. By then, it's like oh, too well, late. Yeah, too late, you know. And so my dad was really mad at him, and so I didn't want to go to that school for that purpose sure. i was like can we go to can i go to a different school since you don't like him why would you send me to a school that you don't like the coach whatever so anyway my freshman year i'm playing on the freshman team and i'm scoring 30 points a game you know doing my thing and then next year um you know i got i got asked to go to the varsity tryouts and then the first day they, they sent me to the jv tryouts uh the next day right and so from that, um, so when I told my dad that, you know, he got pissed off. Because he, he wanted you to just be on varsity. Cause yeah. Good. Yeah, you should be yeah. a sophomore, you should play. Yeah. Yeah, he got pissed off. It was a lot of politics involved, but he, he got pissed off. And then long story short, he told me, so he told me not to go to the JV tryouts. And I'm like, you know, in my heart, you know, I'm a I'm 15-year-old kid. I just want to play basketball. I just want to play. I don't really care where I'm playing. You know, if that's the case, if he doesn't feel I'm good enough, whatever. But I didn't speak up for myself. I was a really quiet kid when I was younger. So I didn't really speak up for myself. Um, I didn't go. To, uh, I went to the JV uh, practice, and my dad found out, and then he got mad and told me to come back, so I had to leave uh, within ten minutes or whatever. So he got really pissed. Anyway, so two days later, you know, I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking to class at, at school, and you know, everyone's approaching me like, "Hey, you know, what? what your dad uh, sued the school?" Whoa. And I'm like, "What?" So I'm like, "No, I don't think so." So it was all in the newspaper. Um, in the, no, the local news and it, and the, the story got so big that it ended up on HBO with uh, Brian Gumbel. What? I mean, the story got huge. And then I remember one, this is, this is pre Google, right? Then Yahoo was still the search engine, right? Wow. And so my junior year, one day, uh, my junior year, I am, um, I'm Googling myself just to see what I'm not Googling Yahoo myself right. just to see, you know, you know, what's, what, what I would see. And there's just like 50 articles about that lawsuit. Right. Whoa. And I'm just reading through it. And like some of the things, some of these, uh, journalists were saying were just so untrue, wow. just so untrue. And, but they're trying to sell a story or whatever they're trying to do. There's just, but so what untrue. was the story is that you're a stuck, you're like, you think you're the best player. Yeah, You've got such an ego that you're like, I'm not going to play on JV. Yeah, they're saying, oh, let's, this little whiny kid. We're gonna sue them to get you on varsity. Yeah, they thought it was all me. They're they're, they're blaming me more than than him. And then they're then they're like some some journalists were saying, you know, they were just the way they were describing my dad physically. I was just like, dude, you don't have to say all that, you know. Like, just, I don't know. They were you were pissed just, at him for doing that. My dad. Yeah. yeah, I was pretty pissed. Actually, that's why I left the house at 18 and just didn't want to come back. And I ended up coming back. And then I, you know, I started reading in the Bible on how you should honor your mother and father and have forgiveness and so you know that's kind of how our our relationship mended but thank you know praise god for that you know for me you know because now he's 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 on his way out you know he's, he's a lot older so i'm glad we mended and we had a good time before this but anyway um yeah did you so, get to play basketball yeah so we ended that's why i had to go to san leandro high to finish <laughs> out my year but it, you know so that's why i empathize with trump because i i've been in that situation where journalists or reporters are reporting stuff that's not 100 percent true and they're just trying to like throw your name in the mud or you know and they don't care you know i don't i've never met these people was that was that tough you got really i'm sure you were incredible incredibly popular was that scary that like everybody knew who you were like everywhere 
Uh, yeah, it was a little scary, especially in the basketball world, because now it's hard for me to get into college and play for um, play for coaches because oh, they're, like, they're like, this I little, don't want to yeah, touch oh, you because right. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to get sued and all this. Did so. you did you go to college on a basketball scholarship? No, I did not. I oh. did not. So, yeah, that kind of derailed a lot of stuff. So Was that what you when you what you wanted to be when you grew up? You were like, I want to play in the NBA. No, no. Actually, my dream was always to play in college. So I eventually oh, okay. I did play in college. So I lived out my dreams. Cool. Actually, at the, you know, at the age of 30, I've done a lot of things that I wanted to do so now I'm as as a 30 year old now I'm like okay what's the next move because I've done a lot of fun cool stuff in my life and I've pretty much done everything I wanted to do when I was a kid now it's like okay what's next you know what do I do next? you didn't want to be like Jason Kidd you didn't want to be like not really it didn't make sense to me to play 84 games a year oh I just thought that was stupid you're like 12 games cool 16 games fine I I mean high school is like 28 games games. college is like 35 yeah but like 84 games a year like Oh. Who in their right mind would do that to their body? Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, body's a temple. You can't pay me enough to like, you know, be not be able to walk at seventy. You know, sure. Seven, well, and it's no the same thing you. with football players with all those traumatic oh, head injuries, man. and and it's terrible because yeah. they, I question my mind now because right. I, I hit my head a bunch of times when I was playing basketball before the movie Concussion came out. So right. I, the N two A sent me something in the mail saying that there's a lawsuit that I'm gonna get paid for it for the concussion stuff. So that's cool. Wow. It might be like twenty bucks or like that. There's just so many people pushing some things going in my mind is I'm like man you know like I, I I probably had a bunch of mini concussions just hitting my head on the floor you know sure. getting knocked down yeah crazy that's why that's why LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on his body just to keep his body in shape well LeBron I can't tell you I, I gotta say I was so happy on Sunday I haven't been more happy on a Sunday <laughs> watching the Cavs lose <laughs> to the Pacers I mean it was like a blow I'm like they're up by 19 points yeah <laughs> suck it LeBron Oh, oh, was it going to be your ninth year in the finals? Oh, the ninth year? Blah, blah, blah. I can't wait for this to be. He's been in the finals eight years in a row. Give someone else a chance. Go do some acting, buddy. Remember that movie you were in? Like, go do that. Give someone else a chance. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, you yeah. still a big basketball fan, though? I mean, not uh, really, no. Really? No, not really. Mm-mm. So you don't care that much about the Warriors right now? I mean, no, I, I'm, I'm so happy that the Warriors are doing what they're doing because I, I, when I was a kid, like, you know, Warriors Coliseum down the street. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I've been to games where it's just like, oh my God, we're getting killed right now. Yeah, we weren't and so just, great in the Yeah, games. dude, just well, to watch that crap. And now to see that they're, they're killing it, it's like, it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. And yeah. they play good basketball, too. They Absolutely. Play really it, the psychic pass is, is coming back again, which okay. I love the psychic passing. What when, does that mean? That's when. One of like Clay's looking this way, and then he throws the ball that way, and uh, someone okay, okay, okay. and like something happens. The doll's like, "Of course, I'm right there." Like, something <laughs> happens, like some ninja moves, yeah. and then the psychic passing. They're well old, uh, well oiled machine. Oh yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. I love basketball. When I was little, I grew up in in Danville, so we would come over all the time and see. So you went to games. a mega church in Danville, California. Yeah. yeah. There's mega churches in California. Well, they were like fourth out. I mean. It was huge. That was, I mean, wow. I didn't even know that existed. There were like 4,000 people in our. Uh, Does that church still exist? Yeah, CPC, Community uh, Presbyterian CPC. Church. CPC. I'll yeah. look it up. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, and it was Ron Lee Davis, was the name of the pastor, who just shook me because I was like. It's gross. When I was, when I was <laughs> little and I remember going to Sunday school and stuff and. 
I was always the questioner. I'd be like, but why? But what's the point? And my teachers, would they, they would get kind of mad at me and be like, you just have to accept it. And I was like, and they kept saying, it's all based on faith, okay? Like, so yeah, you've got to, yes, there is a leap there. There is a question mark that you just have to go, uh-huh, I believe. It's like that book by C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. And he goes through and he's like building up this big argument. And then the end of every fucking chapter is, it's faith. You just got to believe. I know. And you know what? I grew, I grew up, um, I actually grew up in the, uh, in the, in the Baptist church. Right. So I didn't really believe any of that crap until, until after like in college, it took huh. me a while, but I had to go because my parents made me go. So right. I, I would go whatever. But that was my argument is that every question I asked is because God did it. Like that's yeah. it. Right. Like, can I, can I get a little bit more? Sure. So it took me like studying philosophy to get me all the way back because I, th- I think that's what we need to do for children if you're going to put them in the churches st- starting from Plato all the way to now you know because Plato came before Jesus Christ so or was it after I think it was before I think it was before Jesus Christ and then he comes and then you know you have the Judea law and all that ever stuff you know and that's that's the thing about the Jewish law the New Testament I mean the Old Testament is that these these are laws not the laws aren't there if you don't do these laws you're not going to heaven you're going to hell that's not what the laws are there for they're to keep a good society yeah my my favorite Bible verse heaven on earth uh, Leviticus 2012 one of my favorite Bible verses if you sleep with your father-in-law you should both be stoned I love to be stoned and my ex-father-in-law. He was hot. <laughs> my ex-husband was black and his dad, Big Austin, he's a good-looking guy. If I was going to sleep with him, yeah, we should get stoned. From the, just give me some of that good 70s weed, bro. Like, no, it's a, I mean, I get it. There's another thing like people say in the, in the God hates fags or whatever, and it's like, okay, well, if you look at the Old Testament contextually, <laughs> when the Jews were being overrun by everybody. Like, everyone's fucking with them. They're slaves, and they're stealing their children, they're stealing their little boys, and putting them into sex slavery, and all this kind of stuff. Of course you would say, like, if a man lies with another man, it's terrible, and it's an abomination. Because because what was happening to them, right. they were being raped and pillaged constantly by everybody. <laughs> And they're like, you know, it's the other one, Lot's wife. Like, when the, oh, when the angels it. come and he's like, no, 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 take my daughters. Don't rape these <laughs> angels. These angels are good. Take the daughters. But they didn't they're like hot. their sons. They're hot. They, didn't, they didn't like their sons being raped. They didn't care about the daughters, though. They're like, eh, sleep, sleep with them. Oh, yikes. Yeah, you should do biblical jokes. I, getting ready, getting ready. Captive oh, audience. You're, I don't know. I don't know. Is I, it offensive? Do you find it, is it? Do you think it's offensive? I just don't somebody? find it funny. Yeah, I don't find biblical jokes that funny. Unless I'm like making fun of the Christian religion, then it's like, okay, I'm not gonna do that. But right, right. I don't know biblical jokes. Like you said, it, they, people do need to have a reference, right? They need to point a reference. And just because someone's in church doesn't mean they know the Bible. The, and that's I mean? that's true too. So like, yeah. So it's like, I mean, I don't, really, I don't really do biblical jokes like that. I, I did have a, a, a whole bit on how Jesus would be a terrible roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping inviting his friends over, yeah. people with leprosy. Come on, Jesus! Come yeah. on, Jesus! He's Why like, do you keep bringing these people over unless here? Unless it's unless it's tax collectors and prostitutes. I mean, that's, <laughs> everyone knows that's a fun time. Like that's or, a party. It's party, Jesus. Or you pick up a rag and like, Jesus, did you use my rag? And you're like, Don't you lie to me, Jesus! I see your face right here. <laughs> <laughs> Biblical jokes. Yeah, uh, what uh, do we? We have about five minutes left. What do you want to? Uh, what do you want to? 
other b- beliefs. Yeah, plug. There you yeah. go. How big is your congregation? Uh, it's, uh, it's about 400. Wow. But there's only about maybe 150 active members, like people who actually show up. Right. So we have a lot of people in the catalog, but they don't always show up. They so. show up at Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so uh, some shameless plugs. Um, yeah, so um, so I, I, you know, I make music. Um, so I have a couple shows coming up. I have culturally, actually, culturally conscious hip hop, or is it like <laughs> culturally conscious hip hop? Well, like yeah, I guess so. Like you know, you say nice things instead of you're like drink a smoothie, do some push ups, uh, or like like good like good yeah, things instead kinda. of being like yeah. instead of being like suck my dick yeah. on your knees. I, I'm more I'm yeah I'm more into uh, 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 George Clinton's um, oh, notion cool. of uh, edutainment. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So it's a mixture of uh, education and entertainment, and so I have maybe one song that I'm just doing like rap cadence, uh-huh. um, but. It's it's not like I'm putting anybody down. You know, a lot of rappers they say, "Oh, f you, f you, I'm the best, I'm the best." I don't really, I don't really do all that because I try to stay as humble as possible. But I do, you know, I do talk about different subject matters. So if you go to JuwanRubin.com, um, so I have uh, all my music. One of my favorite songs on on my uh, on my website is called E People. <laughs> e people just just about like it's it's basically about you know people who are you know not real anymore right they, they, everything is e email e this e right, that e right. cigarette and yeah. <laughs> and so now we have right. e people people who just don't want to get off their screen i have a line i have a line in there talking about you know uh selfie whores uh waiting for a, a like on their post while their baby's in the corner asking for their their baba and their mama yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's you know? That stuff is sad that we're so it's it's ego. Like, can you imagine like when we were little, if we had a Polaroid camera and we took pictures of our food or whatever we wanted to <laughs> say, and we put it on the wall and then we invited all our friends over and we're like, come over and touch the pictures that you like, like put a sticker on these pictures so that I can feel validation about myself and what I did today. Yeah. I mean, it's insane that yeah. we, that I'm actually working on a bit right now about how, you know, because there's studies that came out that likes hit the same part of your brain as cocaine and sugar <gasps> does, right? Wow. So people are just addicted to likes, you know? Wow. That's why the lady went to YouTube and shot up YouTube. Right. Because she wasn't getting enough she likes. She wasn't getting enough likes. And you know, her entire... She likes. Her, well, because, because this gets back to religion. The emptiness is so vast inside them and they yeah. don't know what to fill it with that the only thing they can fill it with is validation from external validation. And maybe that's the lesson that external validation is meaningless. It has to internally come from your own choice and volition and light. And it can't be, I'm doing this to make this person happy or I'm doing this to make somebody like me. It has to be like just your natural state of being Being. and expression is what it is. And if people like that, cool. And if they don't, then you can't can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do right right so but it's just, yeah because so we're we're not human doings or human actings we're human beings yeah so we should be you know that's what we should be but back to the shameless yeah, yeah, plugs yeah, yeah, yeah. um so hip-hop. yeah so i'm doing uh, i'm doing a hip-hop show on uh 420 oh, cool. um, it is on 1445 hate street awesome so it's a 420 show okay so is that at milk bar I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know. I so just, well, somewhere on hate. Somewhere on hate. Yeah, and then um. Uh, so I don't know. It's a big festival. So I might. Cool. I think it's in the grass <gasps> or something, somewhere. Oh, that's neat. You're doing the 420 festival. Is that's, that what that is? Well, it's in the 
on Hippie Hill at 420 and all that. They, there's tons of people. Okay. Like 10,000 people come out for, Someone, yeah. for 420. Someone they put a big me. stage out there. And But if it's 1445 Heat, it's probably at Milk Bar. Probably. Here, keep Maybe. plugging and I'll, but, I'll yeah. look for you. Okay, so I got that on 420, 1445 Heat Street. Uh, come out. It's between 12 and 6. Uh, come on out. I'll probably go up around 4. Okay. Uh, 4 or 5. And then also, um, I've started working with uh, a new artist. So I'm, I do, I do music for other artists as well. So um, his name is Marcel. Uh, so start looking out for him. He has a show on Sunday, May 27, 2018 with another artist.